When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Chuck Swarski on 670 to score. And we just passed 2 a.m. in the morning. We're on the air until 5 o'clock. Always a pleasure. We appreciate you having the dial set to 670 to score. Tyler Farringal is producing our program. We want to reach out to as many listeners as we can to get their feedback on Denver coming from behind, trailing 28 to 7 early in the second half and storming back and beating the Bears 31-28. Among our listeners, Carl Allegretti, a longtime listener and friend of the czar of sports radio, Mitch Rosen. And uh, Carl just landed from New York. His son, Nick, plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, when you talk about the Chiefs, do you talk about Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, probably. But do you talk about Travis Kelsey? Yeah, probably. Are you talking about Taylor Swift? She's everywhere. And the National Football League is loving every second of it. Jersey sales going through the roof. They got now number 87, Kelsey's number, Swifties. I mean, it's just mind-boggling what's going on. And the National Football League of Roger Goodell, they are going to the bank with a smile on their face. And really, it's kind of neat for sports as well to combine music and the culture of Taylor Swift, number one right now, entertainer on the planet, period, and the National Football League with the Super Bowl champs. Seriously? Wow. All right. Well, listen, we have got some uh, phone lines at 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. want to remind you again that you're listening to a Plumber's 911 Football Monday Presented by Busey Bank, and it's not a game, Illinois.com. And we have quite the lineup coming on. We got Oli Kroots, we got DJ Moore, we got Brad Biggs on Mully and Hall. We got the pregame show with Dustin Rhodes uh, from 5 to 5.30. It's going to be a sensational Monday because people are just fed up. They are fed up right now with the Chicago Bears. And you know what we have to say when people are fed up on that? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. That is uh, Peter Finch, uh, the uh, late great actor in a movie, Network, where he starred and uh, played the role of a an anchor and a journalist 
and um, and he just got fed up. I think he speaks for the Chicago Bears fans. So let's go to the phone lines, and let's go to a Stan from the south side. And Stan, you're on 670 the score at 312-644-6767. Stan, how are you doing? What's going on, Stan? Hey, guys. I'm doing okay. Just having a hard time sleeping tonight. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Well, okay, so uh, you asked what was Justin Fields' grade. What grade would I get Justin Fields? I would give him an A in the first half. But in the second half, you got to give him a, probably a D. Yeah. So, so okay. what, what what adjustments do you think Denver made, or do you think he just self imploded? Uh, I, I've been we all been watching him for Justin Fields for three years now. Okay, so he has up and down games. Mostly, he's played average to below average. But a quarterback can play average to below average. But it matters what a quarterback does in the fourth quarter. That can that can make or break a quarterback. Okay, so Justin Fields always plays terrible in the fourth quarter. We have never seen him once on a comeback, bring, a t- bring us back on a last drive or a last-minute drive or a last-second drive. Yep, okay, and I'm never- glad, you know what, Stan, I'm glad you mentioned this. I want you to hear what's, what, uh, what the field said today. So this is the situation. As you know, he threw the pick, and it was intended for Cole Komet. And I want you to listen closely what Fields had to say describing his interception. So man, um, you know, safety had uh, depth. So you know, uh, I expected Cole to kind of go to a spot and sit down because of the safety's depth. But you know, Cole stuck to the rules and you know, selling over and breaking out. Um, so all in all, it's my fault. Um, you know, man coverage. He's supposed to um, do what he did, but you know, I kind of wanted him to just play football and kind of just sit down in space. So that's kind of why I threw it to a spot, how I did. But, um, yeah, it was really just a miscommunication on that one. Okay. So what do you make of that? Because he says it's his fault and he expected Cole to kind of go to a spot and sit down because of the safety's depth. He said he was a man's coverage, man's coverage. He's supposed to do what he did. But he said, I kind of wanted him to just play football. So what does that tell you? That tells me that Fields still in his third year is having problems processing defenses. Okay, we have, this is the same thing Fields has been trying to explain to us every every time he makes a crucial critical mistake. He's always trying to explain to us why he did it or why he did this or why he did that. You but isn't that realize, his job as a quarterback to explain why he did or didn't do certain execution on plays? Can't yeah, blame well, the kid is, for that. Yes, okay. I, I'm not. I'm not blaming him for anything. I'm just saying, by his third year now, he shouldn't be having the same problems he was having as a rookie. Well, okay. His his okay. rookie year, he had nothing going on, and I still think the the Bears need some help on that offensive line. Period. But 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 no. the thing that you have to read into this. So Cole Komet did his job the way he is coached. Okay, the way he is coached, Cole Komet did his job. Fields wanted him to, quote, just play football. So, in other words, I'm wondering if Fields is saying, okay, I get it. You're doing what the coaches say, but sometimes you got to kind of step outside that comfort zone and just play. Okay, tell me Okay, tell me this. How long has Fields and Komet been playing together? Well, I mean, what is this? This is Komet's fourth year. 
So, okay, Fields, so, this would be their third year together. Okay, well, when, when are you guys going to be, be, be able to have that connection I, I with it automatic? I, I totally okay. get it. This is, y'all, this is y'all third year now. It but, shouldn't be no more excuses, no. especially in winning time, in crunch time. It shouldn't be no – those excuses, it, those aren't valid anymore. Well, I mean, if, year, if you're going to rip him for his fourth quarter meltdown and he was horrible in the second half uh, because he had that 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 – game-changing fumble, and he had the interception, and then he had the, uh, you know, intentional grounding, and it, it was not good, not good at all. The first three quarters, he was magnificent. Now, again, yeah. Denver is Denver. Their defense is porous. I understand that. But the first three quarters, Justin Fields was awesome. Thank you for the call. 312-644-6767. Okay. 312 312- 644-6767. Let's go to Mike from Maywood. Mike, what's happening? Hey, good morning, guys. I love your show, John. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, man. And um, I just want to say uh, the game was evenly matched. Fields, I thought he was great. And Sean Payton's a good coach, and that's what happened. They ran into a buzzsaw. And you can't take your foot off of the gas. This is what they did. They just, you know, went into some type of lax. I don't know, but their D is terrible. The coaching is horrific. It's just, it just keeps getting worse every game. And well, I mean, how, how, of- how do you overcome this? How, how are you going to bounce back on Thursday on the road against a Washington team that probably is an average to mediocre ball club? I mean, there's nothing to write home about. And yeah. so, I mean, how do you on the road – steal a win when you've just blown a 28-7 to lead at home. And the way it happened, where every decision is under the microscope and the execution is brutal. Yeah. Well, I think, like Fields said, just just play ball. ball, Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Well, again... Denver with a 31-28 victory, fields through for 335 yards, four touchdowns, made 16 straight completions. But here's the bottom line. The Bears have lost 14 straight games, and you've got to change the culture. And I don't know what that means. I really don't. But all I can tell you is the Bears have got to get a win somewhere, somehow, some kind. Um, But the decision to go for it on fourth and one um, and because Santos is automatic inside the 40. He hasn't missed a field goal inside the 40 since he became a Bear in 2020. And they elected to do it, and everyone knew it was going to Herbert, and it should have gone Fields under center. And used, uh, Fields is a big, large quarterback. You know, he should be able to get a half yard, and then the drive continues. But this way, you know, what happens? They don't make it. Denver comes down, they kick a field goal, and then Fields implodes. And instead of having a feel-good story about Justin Fields, we're talking about the coach's decision. We're talking about Fields, and we're getting away from some a lot of good things happened to the Bears today. Unfortunately, a lot of bad things happened that cost him the game, period. 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. And we haven't really gotten to the Chase Claypool situation 
where there are some mixed messages going on about whether or not the Bears wanted him at the game where he decided he didn't want to go, and apparently the Bears said stay away, and yet they expect him at Hallis Hall on Monday. And I don't know if he's if he'll ever play another game for the Bears again. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We'll find out later today. Blair from Chicago, you're on 670 The Score. Welcome. What's happening? Hey, I just talked to your producer. Uh, I told him that uh, the season will have to play out, but I would like to see uh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan win the Big Ten and the National Championship College, and I'd like to see the Bears pick him up. And and just one quick comment. I told them the way that the Bears are playing now, I think Joliet Catholic High School could kick their ass. <laughs> well, you know and I know that's – yeah, you're being facetious. But l- let me just say this about Harbaugh. I think he is very comfortable at Michigan, yeah, and definitely. I think he's getting a lot of players in the portal that have really solidified Michigan as a power because this is a new day and age in college football with the NIL and with the portal and everything in between, and he's got a, a tremendous quarterback. And, and they definitely is, have an identity, is, is recruiting. I'm sorry? They definitely have an identity as a team. Yeah. They, absolutely, and their defense is unbelievable. Having said this, I, I haven't spoken to Jim Harbaugh in decades, and when he was with the Bears, we had a very good relationship and I like Jim very, very much as a coach. Every year, teams are coming after him, or they're sending third parties to contact probably him or his agent to say, hey, would you consider? My take is this. If, if Harbaugh wants to leave, it's going to be on Harbaugh's terms. He's just not going to leave for the sake of leaving Michigan. It has to be the right situation with the right people and the right input that he will have on a roster. If he doesn't get that, I think he stays at Michigan. Do I think Michigan's his last stop? No, I do not. I think one day he will go back in the National Football League. I think he's a better coach today than he was when he left San Francisco for Michigan. I think he wants another crack at the NFL. I think he is a fantastic coach. And let's play this out to see whether or not he stays at Michigan. Michigan is not a bad gig. I mean, they're paying him $8 million a year. Yes, yes. Okay, and he's got the keys to the car in that football office. So, really, I mean, it's not a bad life. Uh, one of your callers about an hour earlier, I, I agree with him, too. Another choice for me, and he's probably chilling back with his grandchildren. and children. Uh, I like Barry Alvarez, seriously. You like Barry Alvarez? Yes. Barry Alvarez, the former Wisconsin coach? And the former Wisconsin athletic director, yeah. You, but, but again, like you said, the season has to play out. The season has to play out. And then, you know, we see what happens after that. Uh, okay, well, hold on for a second. Uh, let's see. Uh, Barry Alvarez, and again, you know what? I've got this thing regarding age. Let me just say this about age. I'm not... Everyone says, oh, my goodness, this coach is so old. Look at Pete Carroll. It's not about age. It's about wisdom. It's about leading people. It's about being able to galvanize. It's about smarts. It's about leadership and coaching and putting together a great staff. But you've also got to have the energy and the passion. 
and Barry Alvarez. And again, we're all getting up there. I know I am, but I don't care because I got the energy and I got the passion and I want to keep doing bulls ball until they put me six feet in the ground. But Barry Alvarez is 76 years old and the stress and the pressure of coaching at the national football league level is incredible. And if Barry Alvarez, I mean, this is the second caller we've had about Barry Alvarez wanting to coach in the NFL 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I could see it. This, no, I don't see Barry Alvarez coaching in the national football league. I think he's got, he's had a great life. He's made a lot of money. He's got an unbelievable resume to be very, very proud of. And I think he's done. I mean, he, yeah, I know he said he's enjoying his family and his grandchildren. So, well, I mean, he, he coached 16 years, right? At Wisconsin, he was the athletic director. I mean, when you think of Wisconsin, you think of as far as the leadership, um, you know, you think of Barry Alvarez because he turned that program around and he also turned basketball around as an AD. So, anyway, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Three, good talking to you. Thank Take you. 312 644 6767. 312-644-6767. It's 217 in the great city of Chicago, and we'll get back to more calls. We're also going to play some uh, highlights or lowlights from the game. We'll also hear from some of the, in the individuals in the uh, postgame locker room. We'll hear from the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus, and some of the players Those storylines coming up next on 670 The Score. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're back with Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. And welcome back, 670 The Score. We're talking Bears. We're talking the National Football League. Denver battles back, down 28-7 early in the third quarter. And the Broncos win their first game of the season, beating the winless Bears 31 to 28. By the way, uh, this Wednesday, you can join 670 The Score. Why? Because we're going to be at the Circus Sportbook 
grand opening from the American Place Casino in Waukegan. The Bernstein and Holmes and Parkins and Spiegel, they're going to broadcast their shows live from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The Circa Sports Illinois mobile app has officially launched. So when you download this app, you can bet and fund from anywhere, anywhere in the great state of Illinois. We're talking Waukegan. We're talking Springfield. We're talking Joliet. We're talking Wheaton. Anywhere in the great state of Illinois. So again, we're on the air until 5 a.m. Tyler Farringal is producing our program. Don't forget Dustin Rhodes with the pregame show from 5 to 5.30. He's got all the stories of all the games in the NFL. Major League Baseball, Cubs wrap it up. White Sox lose their 101st game of the year. you got to be kidding me. And then the, the pick six at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., with Mully and Hall, you got Olin Krutz. You got DJ Moore at 8 a.m. He had a good ball game today or yesterday for the Bears. You got Brad Biggs, who's fantastic, 9 a.m. Always great conversation. And then Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi. You got Anthony Heron at 11, Henry Burris at 12, Dan Weeder at 1 o'clock, and then Parkinson Spiegel with a great Kurt Warner. And I'm sure he's going to be able to break down Justin Fields' game. Mark Brody at 4. He's terrific. And Jalen Johnson who got banged up, of course, and did not play against Denver. So that's what's happening. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to grade Justin Fields' performance. I, I don't know what – let me ask you, Tyler. You saw the game. How do you grade Justin Fields' first three quarters and then the fourth quarter? So on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give him? Oh, first three quarters for sure. I'm giving him a nine because I mean he he honestly played a, a really flawless game. One incompletion through three quarters. Okay, 20, I'm talking about overall. 24. How would you grade him, or would you have to break it down first three quarters, fourth quarter? Uh well, if I'm giving him an overall grade, yes, I'm going to give him an overall grade. I'm giving him a B for the whole game. Okay. Uh, and I think again it, it drops because, like you said, the fourth quarter they weren't scoring. The uh, the incompletions went up a little bit, and you know the intercept. It's unfortunate because I mean he had such a good first couple quarters, but at the end of the day, they blew a big lead. They lost the game, and it's unfortunate. All all of his career high passing stats are out the window because they ultimately lost the I, game. Yes, I I think the intentional grounding really hurt him. I I don't think people are talking enough about that penalty. You are talking about it a lot, Chuck. I don't think other people are. I, I think that's something that it, it you're harping on it a lot, but other people need to harp on it a lot too. That was a crucial, crucial moment on that drive. Absolutely. All right, let's go to uh, Pete from Lyle. Pete, you're on 670 of the score. We're talking Bears, and I want your assessment of what we saw against Denver. Oh, hey, Chuck. First of all, I want to say you're a legend. I'm really, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I, have, I have kind of two points, but the first one is almost more of a snarky kind of comment. Eberflus um, said something after uh, about that fourth and one play where he said, uh, it's the right call, but we just didn't execute. And, and it, I, I've been kind of been hearing this, and yes, it, it would be the right call if you have the players that can pull this off. But, but you, can't, you can't keep calling a game – based on how it should work if your players could execute. If your players could execute, you're not 0-3 going into today. Yeah, I get it. But And again, this game is played by human beings, 
and they're no, not robots. Everyone makes mistakes. I, I understand that. But when it happens on a, on a regular basis with the execution, I mean, you know, like sooner or later, it's got to stop. You can't keep every game following a contest and the coach says, this, well, we have to execute better. Players are saying we have to execute better. This, this, this. After a while, you got to say, give me a break. Some of them can't execute better. They want to. They know what they're supposed to do, but they can't. And that that kind of leads me to my second comment, that when things are working, Fields is moving. He's rolling out. They're doing play action on first down, and they're throwing. And then then they decide, oh, we're just going to run the ball down their throats. You're not really built that way. Your line's not built that way. And it doesn't work. And, and, And... it looks like a, a completely different team when, when they – I remember when uh, Cutler made the comment, you know, tell Marks to go F himself. You know, he did that because he's calling the five and seven-step seven drops when, when he knows they can't block that long. So instead of calling the game that suits, like, what they have for talent-wise, they, they, they play a game that they think – this would work if everyone executes. It's driving me nuts. You know, thank you for the call. Well, it's driving you nuts. It's driving Chicago nuts. I mean, really. I mean, you know, for three quarters, he was terrific. Fourth quarter, not so good. Play calling, not so good at crunch time. What does that say when you're a half yard away and you've got points right there staring you in the face? Okay? You got Santos who can make that field goal. You're feeling good. You're up 31-28. You're going, you kick the ball to Denver. And if they tie it up, God bless them. Then you go into overtime. And even if they beat you, if Russell Wilson drives down the field, at least you can say to Justin Fields, you did your job. You took our ball club to scoring position, and we took advantage of it, and we took the lead. Okay? You, and you're feeling good about yourself. You have confidence in yourself. People are, you know, patting you on the back for four days before Washington. Now what's going to happen? You don't think these guys listen to sports talk radio on the score? You don't think they read the newspapers? They do. They hear every word because if they don't, their friends are telling them. Their family's telling them. You know, they watch the highlights. They're hearing everything. And now Justin Fields is saying, oh, gosh, you know, here we go again. I got to answer these questions. Well, some of it. You know, you got to. You got to man up and you own it. And he did own it today. But on the other side of the coin, he has to own it because the the coaching staff failed to recognize that, you know what, there's a possibility we can't get a half yard. So instead of taking the points, they went for a play that was doomed from the get-go. Okay, because of poor execution on the offensive line with Darnell Wright, their number one pick out of Tennessee, and he didn't do his job. And then, of course, you know, Fields, I would have put Fields under center, and I would have just dragged it over the line, and then you get first down. If, if you were going to run a play on fourth down, that's the play. Not to give the ball to Herbert where everyone knew what was going on. Do we have that cut, Tyler? Do we have the CBS cut on the fourth and one? If you don't believe me, folks, listen to these announcers, okay? You had Tiki Barber in the booth. You had Matt Ryan in the booth. Two really good NFL players during their careers. Are we all set, Tyler? Farringle with our with that cut. So this is the situation, and I'm going to just let you know what happens here. So it's with 2:57 to play in the fourth quarter. We're tied at 28. 
okay, the ball is on the Denver 18-yard line. 18-yard line. It's fourth and less than a yard to go. And as we mentioned, Santos joined the ball club in 2020. This is his fourth year with the team. He has not missed a field goal under 40 yards with the Chicago Bears. He is one of the elite kickers in the National Football League. So this is going to go with CBS, courtesy of CBS. Let's go to the play-by-play. 2.57 to go in the fourth quarter. Tied at 28. Bears football. They go for it. And I don't think he got there. I just, I know you guys say you like it. Why not go for it the first time? I like keeping the ball in Justin Fields' hands. Everybody in this stadium knew that that ball was going to Khalil Herbert. I, I mean, you're in field goal range. Wow. Not only that, you used, you burn a timeout with that process as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're thinking you're going to get it, and, and you do it, but I, I agree with Tiki. I think in critical situations, if you're going to be aggressive and go for it, you put the ball in your best player's hands, right? And you try and give Justin Fields, who's been the most dynamic runner for them for the last two seasons, I, I think you give him a chance on the edge uh, and try and make a play in space. The reason that play failed is Darnell Wright has a combo block. He blocks out and then goes down onto the linebacker. Linebacker just beats him to the hole. Okay, so there you have it, and that's exactly what happened. Unbelievable. It was, it was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment to blow a 28-7 lead to the Denver Broncos. And now we're looking at the Green Bay Packers, and, and they've come back down to earth. I don't even know if they were on the earth to begin with, but you know what? Give them credit. They beat the Bears in the opener, but Green Bay is not a very good football team, okay? Period. So it just it, it just irritates me what's going on with this football team, and every week it's something different, and that's why so many fans... I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! All right, so uh, let's go to the phone lines at 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Speaking of making decisions, let's hear now from the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Okay, um... Just got out of the locker room with the players. Um, obviously, a uh, hard-fought battle. I thought the guys uh, had passion, um, had energy. Um, you know, execution uh, was really good in spots, and I thought that was a big improvement. And uh, I thought the guys uh, did a heck of a job of battling. You know, uh, there was some adversity at the end of that game uh, where we had the fumble, you know, re- return for a touchdown, and the, way they, the response for that. I thought the guys did a really good job. Um, in, in terms of responding uh, to adversity and putting ourselves in position to have a chance to win that game at the end. Um, and there's a lot of good moments in there. You know, you talk about, you know, Justin Fields' play. I mean, he uh, really got into the flow. Um, I thought the, the plan was excellent. I thought the guys did a good job of executing that. And, uh, you know, he distributed the ball to the skill. Uh, I thought we did a nice job of running the football. I think that's going to be important for us going in the future uh, to be able to run the football like that. And, uh, you know, that's, the, that's the, uh, the big moments of this game. You know, obviously we had a really good first half in terms of statistically offense and defense. Uh, really did a good, good job there. And then into the second half, you know, obviously we had the one takeaway for a score. Uh, we responded there. 
and then we got the ball down there with uh, two uh, two and some change, two fifty five and some change, and we had fourth and half a yard. And you have a decision to make there. Um, I love the way our offense was running the ball at that time, and we had a really good chance to seal the deal right there. And then that was the, the decision we made at that moment. Um, and again, the response for our defense there. So they end up getting a chunk play um, after that, and our defense did a good job of rising up uh, to the occasion, uh, making it third and long, and then we forced the field goal, and then we had uh, had the ball back there with some time uh, to go ahead and at least tie or uh, win the game. Uh, so that's where it was. But again, a lot of good moments um, in in the game. I'm uh, super excited about those things uh, that we can build upon. It's a short week coming up. Um, so the guys have to have to move their eyes forward, and uh, we'll make the corrections. Uh, but obviously, we're, we're all very disappointed um, in this uh, you know, hard-fought battle that we had today uh, in the outcome. Uh, but I certainly can see things moving in the right direction um, for, our, for our football team. And, uh, again, there's a lot of good things out there that we can build upon. So with that, I'll open up the questions. Sorry. On that fourth and one, you would still need some other things to go right to win the game at that point. Why did you think that was a better course of action than kicking the field goal? Into- yeah, just because of the way we were running it, and it was it was a ha- it was a half a yard. So I felt very confident about getting that right there. And uh, you know, every situation is different. You know, you got to look at the game in its entirety. And I think that the way we were running the football and the confidence that we had on offense uh, in that moment, I would say that uh, you know, we're going to do that right there. Yeah, there's a lot of plays that you can run there. You could have run a, a lot, a bunch of different plays, you know. So that's the that's the play we chose. That's the play we thought was the best at the time. Why, you, why, why did you think that was the right play at the time when you need half a yard to go out of the shotgun? Yeah, I mean, just because you know, it's it's about moving people off the ball, and as we've been doing all day, and we just got to execute in that moment. You took us through the decision to uh, try and drum off sides, bang the timeout. Yep. Yeah, that's just the freeze timeout. You get them up there like you're going for it right away, and you, you just freeze, and then you, and then you, you call timeout right before it, and then you get your best play um, available because um, it gives you a little bit more time uh, to get that best play going and making sure that all the players, the subs are right, and we're all good, and we're set up for that moment. And how do you wrap your brain around Justin's day? Obviously very productive for yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. I mean, you, you saw rhythm, you saw timing, uh, you saw that you know the receivers were you know you know in in phase with everybody. You know, they it, you just it was just really good flow to it, and you could feel that. Uh, you could feel that during the course of the day, and excited about the running game. You know, a lot of play passes in there. I thought were really good. Getting Justin out of the pocket, using him, running him, and getting him out of the pocket on the move. Uh, so there's a lot of good things we can build upon. Uh, going forward. What is Chase Claypool's status? Yeah, so uh, when you look at actives or inactives every single week, what we do is we, you know, obviously evaluate, you know, meetings, we evaluate, walkthroughs, we evaluate, practice, um, and we do that every single week. And then we we declare actives or inactives based on that. And uh, this week, Claypool was inactive. Was he not here today? Um, He was not here. Did you guys tell him to stay home? No. He chose to stay home. No, he he chose. What are you asking? Why is he not at the stadium today, like the other inactive players? I'm not sure. So it's his choice. We 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 are we told him that it was a choice, and he's he's at home right now. Was he aware that he was going to be inactive before he talked to the media on Friday? What's that? Was he aware that he was going to be inactive before he talked to the media on Friday, or did his comments play?
play a role? No, we always make inactives uh, right before the game. So was it, did his comments Friday about being upset with how he was being used factor into the decision to make him inactive? It did not. Do you anticipate him still being with the team? Was this a one-week inactive thing, or is he is he going to be on ice for a Yes, while? I anticipate that. Yep. You expect him in the building tomorrow? Yeah. How would you evaluate him? And, you know, obviously he's been struggling this season. He's a healthy scratch this week. Like looking back, there was a, there was a lot of there was a big trade last year with good news. Mm-hmm. How would you evaluate his performance with this team so far? Yeah, I thought the, the first week was, was you know, uh, he you know he would agree with this that uh, could have been better. I thought he played better in Tampa and better the next week, you know. So I think he's working uh, to learn the offense and, and doing a good job with that. But, uh, again, we evaluate that every single week and give us the best chance to win the guys up or the guys down. Matt, would you have preferred that he stay here today? What's that? Would you have preferred that he stayed here today? Yeah, that's. I'm not going to comment on that. And on the, on the strip sack. What, what can happen there okay. in the way that they, they played it? Obviously, it's a major. Yeah, yeah it, was a really, it was a good call. Good call by them. I mean, they obviously had double edge on that one. You know, so, uh, you know, Justin turned around. He was right there. You know, so, again, he's either got to dirt the ball or get it to where, he, you know, he feels the best way to get rid of it. But, again, I thought it was a good call by them. So, philosophically, you're a defensive head coach. You're calling the defensive signals. You've got a chance to take the lead and give the game to your defense in that moment late. How hard was it for you to not do that? Um, I just thought it was, you know, again, like I said, it's every decision is made based on that particular moment. And at that moment, I thought that that right there with a half a yard uh, to potentially score a touchdown, okay, and, you know, keep, you know, much some clock there uh, was the best decision for us. And it has nothing to do with offense or defense or just, you know, being the head coach. I just thought it was the right thing to do. Okay. We've heard a lot from the past year of you guys just, they need to learn how to play. What, what is that missing piece of just learning how to win a game where you're up, you know, 28-7 right. in the third quarter? Yeah, it comes down to the execution, doesn't it? It does. It just the execution piece of it. You know, we just got to do a, a great job in the moments, one play at a time. You know, doing your alignment assignment and executing those plays. You know, offense and defense. And um, you know, I thought the the young corners, I thought did a nice job playing well. You know, well for the first time today. You know, we had some injuries back there, and I thought the guys did a nice job of coming together um, and playing some complimentary football as a whole football team. You know, and that to me is what's going to be the winning formula. You have to play complementary football uh, to win games. You know, and part of that, and the number one job of that is the ball. We got to protect the ball, and we have to get the ball. And if you do that, that's the number one determining factor of any any victory in any any uh, level of football. Um, so we have to get that right. And when we do, and we we play the way we played today, when you get that right, tipping in your scale there, it, it's going to look good. Two more guys. At the end, what did we see? The interception. What's that? The interception at the end. From your point of view, Yeah, I get to go back and look at it. I mean, I know that uh, he was throwing it to Cole, right? And then, uh, not sure if there was contact there or not. I did not see that, uh, but uh, did see that like, there's a little bit of bump in there. But uh, I had to go back and look at it. Man, you guys had a lot of talent in the off season. Yep. You had high expectations. Now you're on four. Uh, there have been obviously issues on the field, but do you believe that you've done your job well during these first four years? You know, uh, when you're 0-4, uh, no one's done the, uh, the job well enough, right? You know, that's that's just the facts, right? So it's so a results business, and uh, we have to do a better job collectively as a group. And, uh, again, we're working hard to do that, and I thought the guys put a, put a better step forward, uh, coaches included and players, uh, putting our players in position and then executing. You know, so I thought that was uh, was, was better today. 
Okay, so that is the uh, head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus, the beleaguered head coach of the Chicago Bears. And he's received a great deal of criticism, and it comes with the job. And I think he's the first to admit that there are some things that they really need to clean up with this football team in many different layers and levels of competition. So um, we are going to take your calls about the head coach of the Bears the quarterback play of the Bears, the Bears in general, at 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Uh, before we hear from Justin Fields, really a quick uh, recap of what transpired in the National Football League on Sunday. Of course, on Thursday, Detroit, with a very dominating performance on the road against the Green Bay Packers, without any question, the Lions are the best team right now in the NFC North, period. Uh, elsewhere in the National Football League, Kansas City beat the Jets, a very stubborn Jets team, 23-20. to Minnesota beat Carolina, 21-13. The Panthers dropped to 0-4. And once again, keep in mind, the Bears own Carolina's first-round pick. And if the draft were held today, which it's not, of course, but the two top teams for the NFL draft, the 2024 draft, with the two top selections would be the Bears and Carolina. Buffalo's Josh Allen, four touchdowns, ran for another. The Bills, 48, cooling off Miami, 48-20. Both teams now 3-1. and one. Baltimore, Blitz Cleveland, 28-3. Houston, all over Pittsburgh, 30-6. to six. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback of the Steelers, suffered a left knee injury in the third quarter and did not return. Rams in overtime beat the Colts 29-23. The Colts are winless at home at 0-2. Tampa Bay 26, New Orleans 9. The Buccaneers go to 3-1. Baker Mayfield threw three touchdown passes. Philadelphia 34-31 over Washington as the Eagles kick a 54-yard field goal in overtime. Washington goes to 2-2. Two and two. Tennessee beat Cincinnati 27-3. The Bengals fall to 1-3. Jacksonville beat Atlanta and London 23-7. Chargers 24-17 over the Raiders. The Raiders now 1-3. Dallas handed Bill Belichick his worst loss in 24 seasons as head coach of the Patriots 38-3. And San Francisco keeps rolling 35-16 over Arizona. The 49ers are now 4 and oh, let's hear now from the uh, quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. And how are you processing a day that was pretty productive overall that ended the way it did? Yeah, um, you know, I think overall, I think the offense, you know, we uh, you know, did well. We just got to finish, you know, in the fourth quarter uh, drive, you know, defense held them at the end on a field goal. And- you know, a chance. So, uh, you know, I got to be better in that situation. And, um, yeah, we just got to finish. Yeah, so, man, um, you know, safety had uh, depth. So, you know, uh, I expect the Colts to kind of go to a spot and sit down because of the safety's depth. But, you know, Cole stuck to the rules and, you know, selling over and breaking out. Um, so, all in all, it's my fault. Um, you know, man coverage, he's supposed to um, do what he did. But, you know, I kind of wanted him to just 
play football and kind of just sit down in space. So that's kind of why I threw it to a spot, how I did. But, um, yeah, it was really just a miscommunication on that one. You thought you'd freelance a little bit. Just... Kind of freelance, boom, go up there, turn around, sit down, and, of course, move on to the next play. Of course, in that situation, you're in four-down territory right there. So, um, I mean, yeah, just a miscommunication on, you know, me and him and, you know, comes down to being my fault at the end of the day, so I got to be better for the team in that situation. Justin Cole and DJ both said they were okay with the decision to go for round fourth down. They weren't surprised at all. What was your reaction to going for going on going for it, and then what was your thought on the, uh, the actual play call? I mean, if you get it, then the game's over, most likely. You know, um, you know, got to make them use their timeouts. You're probably getting past a two-minute warning, and then at least you know you're kicking a field goal with under a minute left. So I love the decision. Um, it shows, you know, coach has trust in us to convert on that in, in that situation. Um, and, you know, we just got to execute. I think there was a missed miss block backside. That's, you know, why somebody was able to sneak through and tackle Khalil. But, you know, in, in that situation, that's a tough spot. And, um, you know, as a player, you want your head coach to be able to trust you in that situation. But like I said, if we would have got it, then I'll be up here talking about how great of a call that was. So um, just didn't go our way, missed the block backside, and just got to execute in that situation. Did you give any input, like, that you wanted the ball in your hands? Did you? Yeah, I mean, it was a read option, you know. Uh, it was a read option on, at that play and stayed wide and, you know, got to take him out. He was out of the play, and then, like I said, we just had to run through backer come, come in backside. So, um, uh, yeah, that's what happened. Justin, your only your only completion in the first half is on a hail mary. Can you kind of describe the, the groove that you guys were in through the entire first half of the passing game? Yeah, I think we were in a rhythm. You know, um, Luke was dialing it up. Um, guys were protecting up front, and um, you know, the receivers were getting open. So um, we were definitely in a rhythm. But um, you know, at the end of the day, we lost the game, so it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, I called Chase, you know, after whatever happened and, um, I was just checking up on him, make sure he was in good spirits, but, um, regarding his comments and everything, um, I don't know if, you know, they, you know, are or not, but one thing I do know is everybody in the building is trying to, um, reach their full potential, reach their full potential. So players, coaches, coaches trying to get the most out of every player and, you know, and then us as players, we're trying to get the most out of ourselves and be the best we can. But as far as, you know, are you focused on a guy that's here or not during the game? No, not really. Um, you're focused on the game and what's going on. So can't control that he was here or not. Um, you know, so, yeah. Just frustrated by... you not the call? Coach, let us know. On, um, I, don't, I don't know if it was, I think it was Saturday maybe? Saturday at the team meeting, let everybody know. And um, at that point, it's just next man up. So I think EQ and Tyler did a great job today and, you know, Played well. Do you, you want him on this team? Do I want him on this team? Of course. You know, Chase is a he's a weapon. He's uh, he's passionate. And um, you know, he just has to work on uh, you know, his display of his emotions and you know, me and him have had multiple conversations with that. But um I mean as far as do I want him on the team, that's a easy easy answer, yes, of course. Are you frustrated as a leader of the team by that situation and given the fact that you specifically have gone to bat for him publicly multiple times? You said am I frustrated what? With the Chase Claypool situation, when you have been out front in front of the cameras defending him throughout this. 
Uh, I mean, of course, I'm frustrated, and you know, when you know one of your you know best weapons on the outside is not in the game, but um, it is what it is. You know, coach in the front office, they made the decision, and that's what it is. And, you know, as a player, I can't do anything about it. Got to go go out there with you know the players that I have and um, execute to the best of my ability. So uh, you know, I just try to control what I can control and kind of just stay out of you know. Did they explain why that No, they didn't. You know, and. Um, I think every at the time when everybody found out, everybody was so locked in on preparing and you know getting ready for the game plan. Nobody really asked questions. You know, you know, we just don't ask questions. We just you know focus on the task at hand and you know the game that was coming up. When you on the fumble, when you roll out, obviously a real split second decision. Being kind of played in perfect, but what what can you do to have it not become a turnover? I mean, it's tough because you know the rule on you know boots, nakeds is no sacks. So. Um, in that situation, of course, you'd rather have a sack uh, than a, a fumble, scoop, and score for a touchdown. So, um, you know, me personally, I turned around. He was right there. I was just trying to, you feel me, dirt the ball, and then it just didn't end up working that way. So, um, you know, um, and if I could do anything, is I don't know. I, I don't know if I can really do anything on that one, to be honest with you. But, um, you know. Yeah, I just tried to get the ball out and just kind of make it. I don't know what the down and distance was on that play, but, you know, just make it an incomplete pass and move on to the next play. Congrats, congrats Justin, on breaking a Bears record of 16 straight completions. Two questions for you. In the first half, it seems like you guys are moving the ball, mixing it up a little bit. Then in the second half, you guys started to get a little conservative. Uh-huh. What can you do to counter that? Because it seems like you're more of an improv type of player. Uh, you know, stay aggressive. You know, um, I think that we were running the ball well, so I don't, as far as conservative, I don't know if you meaning throwing the ball more or what, but, you know, Khalil, he had a hell of a day on the ground. Um, I think he had over 100 rushing yards, so um, he did his thing. The line was doing their thing, and, uh, you know. Playing with the lead, like, you guys had a big lead. It's, it's mm-hmm. It seems like you guys were playing just to keep the lead. Just to keep the win? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's past my per grade. You probably got to ask. You know, coach or whoever else, you know, why we did what we did. But, you know, my job is to get the play call and, you know, run the play that was called and execute it to the best of my ability. So, Justin, we saw you more in front of your locker room, looking automated than usual. What kind of things are going through your head in that moment? And then how do you turn that into a message of the locker room? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, was, it hurt. Um, you know, just come out with, I don't even know how many, just the lead that we had and, you know, we weren't finished it off. I wasn't able to finish finish it off. Um, so it, it was, you know, of course it hurt. Um, it's almost like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, yeah, just the emotions just flowing everywhere. So, yeah. Well, Justin, you're over four, home four. You got a quick turnaround. What's the message to you guys to get it turned around on Thursday? Keep going. Um, never stop. No matter how hard it gets, never stop. We're playing for each other. I'm playing for each and every guy in that locker room. They know that I'm going to give them my all, and you know I know I'm going to give get the same thing back from them. So um, keep going, don't be discouraged, and uh, play every play and every game like it's your last. So that's the message. Okay, that's the uh, quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. And again, I I mean, listen, um, he he had a terrific, terrific football game, but the bottom line is in the fourth quarter he did not play well. So you take the good, you hope that that can apply itself to Thursday at Washington against the Commanders, and you hope for better results.
But again, it comes down to crunch time. Can you execute? Can you get the job done? And the Bears failed to do so, period. End of story. So while I admire what he was able to do in the first three quarters of this football game, he was spectacular. Not good. Spectacular. You have to look at the volume of his work. And the fourth quarter, he did not excel whatsoever. But there were a lot of issues other than the quarterback that we can dissect. And we'll do that all morning long right here on 670 The Score, including that fourth and one decision by the head coach not to kick the field goal, okay? So, I mean, we're going to get into this more. We've got more highlights, more commentary coming up at 312-644-6767, If you're just waking up, ready to catch an early morning shift, or maybe you're on your way back home after working, you know, the late shift, welcome. This Chuck Swirsky, Tyler Farringal, is our producer. We want to hear from you, and we can break down what happened with the Bears. And even if you want to sneak in a Cubs call, I mean, I don't know why you want to talk about the White Sox, but you can if you wish. But, you know, the Cubs, they've got to make some decisions, but I like the direction of this baseball team. I like what they did. And I I do like the manager, David Ross. I know he has his detractors, but I think he's a really good baseball man, period. I think players like playing for him. I think he gets the most out of players. And I think the Cubs overall, except for the month of September, where they completely folded in the last couple innings of games, seemingly almost every night, but they're going to correct that. And they're going to get somebody to step up, hopefully healthy, and be the closer. And they're going to be in the playoffs next year. There is no doubt in my mind. They've got a really good farm system and a really good foundation. The infrastructure is really, really good with the Cubs. The White Sox lost 101 games. 101 games. And yet, in the AL Central, who knows next season? You make an adjustment here, a player there, free agent here, free agent there, because I'm looking at the rosters of the AL Central, and no one scares me. The team that is on the upswing is Detroit. Other than that, Minnesota, nope. Kansas City, nope. Cleveland, they lost uh, Francona as a manager. I think that's going to hurt them. And, you know, Cleveland is kind of settled now with their farm system. They don't have a lot of power in their farm system. So I think baseball next season is going to be very interesting. But, again, you lose 101 games. They have a lot of work to do, period. Bulls and Bucks coming up Sunday and 11.45 pregame right here on 670 The Score. All right, in a moment, we're going to talk more Bears football and the National Football League right here. On 670 The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.